Yuri Yunakov's Romani Wedding Band, Ruman Shopov, Edessa, Brass Menagerie, and much more. Go to voiceofroma.com or call 707-823-7941. Voice of Roma's festival is wheelchair accessible and benefits Romani refugees. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover Open Book. I'm your host, Nina Serrano, for Open Book. I'm sitting in the studio of Diane De Prima, surrounded by her manuscripts, her books, her mementos, her art. It's just the most culturally rich environment you can imagine. Welcome, Diane De Prima. Thank you, Nina. It's nice to be talking with you again. Yes, well, what's generated this is that you just came out with the new edition of revolutionary letters which some of us know from the earlier editions beginning way back in 1971 reprinted again in 74 reprinted again in 79 and now in 2007 yes and you know each of the editions in the old days would have the new revolutionary letters because they were an ongoing project and they still are an ongoing project. And um, so the new edition has 23 red letters that have never been printed before. And our KPFA audience is lucky enough to get to hear some of them. I thought we could start by asking you to read uh, the first poem in the book called April Fool Birthday Poem, just because it gives people a sense, even though it's not one of the new 20 poems, of where you're coming from and where you came from. Yes, this is to my mother's father, who was an anarchist from southern Italy, who was really my first mentor or teacher. April Fool birthday poem for Grandpa. Today is your birthday, and I have tried writing these things before, but now, I think I'll start that again because I want to say now was 1967. Today is your birthday, and I have tried writing these things before, but now... In the gathering madness, I want to thank you for telling me what to expect, for pulling no punches back there in that scrubbed Bronx parlor. Thank you for honestly weeping in time to innumerable heartbreaking Italian operas, for pulling my hair when I pulled the leaves off the trees so I'd know how it feels. We are involved in it now, revolution up to our knees, and a tide is rising, I embrace strangers on the street filled with their love and mine, the love you told us had to come or we die, told us all in that Bronx park, me listening in spring Bronx, dusk, breathing stars, so glorious to me your white hair, your height, your fierce blue eyes, rare among Italians. I stood a ways off, looking up at you, my grandpa, people listened to. 
I stand a ways off, listening, as I pour out soup, young men with light in their faces at my table, talking love, talking revolution, which is love, spelled backwards. How you would love us all, would thunder your anarchist wisdom at us, would thunder Dante and Giordano Bruno, orderly men, bent to your ends. Well, I want you to know, we do it for you and your ilk, for Carlo Tresca, for Sacco and Vanzetti, without knowing it or thinking about it, as we do it for Aubrey Beardsley, Oscar Wilde, all streetlights shall be purple. Do it for Trotsky and Shelley and big, dumb Kropotkin, Eisenstein's strike people, John Cocteau's ennui. We do it for the stars over the Bronx, that they may look on earth and not be ashamed. Thank you. You just heard Diane DePrima reading her own poem, April Fool birthday poem, from the new edition of Revolutionary Letters. And uh, let's move on chronologically so we get a little more sense of that early period. Yeah. I think page 33, the poem to Huey Newton. Okay. Um, yeah, I want to say that I still think of the early days of the Panthers with great appreciation for what they were and what they did. The school programs, the breakfast for the kids, the community work. People forget all that now, but that is, was a big part of the picture. And I think that in Oakland today, there's still an inspiration for people. Yeah, I hope so. Revolutionary letter number 20 for Huey Newton. I will not rest till men walk free and fearless on the earth, each doing in the manner of his blood and tribe, peaceful in the free air, till all can seek unhindered the shape of their thought, no black cloud fear or guilt between them and the sun, no babies burning, young men locked away, no paper worlds to come between flesh and flesh in human encounter, till the young women come into their own, honored and fearless, birthing strong babes, loving and dancing, till we can at last lose some of our sternness, return to our own thoughts, till laughter bounces off our hills and fills our plains. You know, Nina, I think we're a little further away from that now than we were then. Well, except that one phrase that you said about that when women, I, what was it exactly? Very honored and fearless. That when women are honored and fearless. And I, I see that happening more and more in my contact with younger women. Even my own granddaughters surprise me. Yes, they, they do me too, my granddaughters. And I was hoping that you would also read us uh, number 34. Okay, I was... Um, Page 34. Rather. I was, yeah... When people ask me, what's our blind spot now, which people do, they ask me about the 50s and about women then, and I say, well, that was just a, a complete blind spot. People didn't even see how they were treating women. It was They were blind. But what's the blind spot now, kids ask me? I just say greed. We don't see that profit is not an honorable thing necessarily that we're destroying everything human human we're destroying the social contract for profit so this is a poem that addressed that back then in a different way the idea was that you didn't really 
you shouldn't be able to own things that helped you control others. You could own this piece of art, but you shouldn't own things that made others beholden to you. So can you own land? Can you own house, own rights to others' labor, stocks, or factories, or money loaned at interest? What about the yield of same? Crops, autos, airplanes, dropping bombs. Can you own real estate so others pay you rent? To whom does the water belong? To whom will the air belong as it gets rarer? The American Indians say that a man can own no more than he can carry away on his horse. How interesting that you say, can you own the water? That yeah. is like a very tremendously relevant question at this moment. Yes. When did you write that? In 68. Wow. 68. I was writing just about every week. They were going out on the Liberation News Service, which was going out to all those free newspapers. Or yes, I remember. Well, it was an exciting moment of communication, it was. wasn't it? So if you would take us to um, page... Uh, 112, and this now is one of the new poems yes. that's just in this new edition. Yes, yeah, the, the new 2007. poems start with uh, number 71, Revolutionary Letter 71. This is number 78, and this was the first Gulf War. I think we called it the Gulf War then, didn't we? Yes. Yes. Operation Sandstorm? Yeah. Desert Storm? Desert Storm. Desert Storm, yes. yes. And yeah, I remember we had a we we stayed up and read poems for a day, couple of days around the clock, hoping that the first bomb wouldn't drop. We we kept the kind of vigil, and we and I wrote this around for that. I was part of a similar vigil for this second uh, yes, Iraq yeah, War. Yeah. So this is called Bulletin. It is happening even as you read this page. By the time you finish reading this, it will be over. She will have left the hotel and disappeared. He will have eaten the pills. That one will slip and crack her skull on the floor. That one will go out in a drive-by shooting. Halfway around the world, the bombs are dropping. As you read these words, it is already too late. 200,000 children will have starved. One of them held the jewel in his brain. Another could cure plagues with her breath. As you read this line, 1,000 have died of AIDS. They die alone, hidden in furnished rooms. They die on the earth all over Africa. Halfway around the world, the bombs are falling. Do not think to correct this by refusing to read. It happens as you put down the paper Head for the door. The ozone reaches the point of no return. The butter butterfly's belly flop, the last firefly, etc. Do not think to correct this by reading. The bombs burst the small skull of an Arab infant. The silky black hair is stuck to your hands with brains, with bits of blood. There is less shrieking than you would expect. A soft silence, the silence of the poor, those who could not afford to leave. Drop flowers on them from your mind, why don't you? I guess we'll have to stay and take our chances. They die so silently, even as we speak. 
Black eyes of children seek eyes of the dying mother. Bricks fall, dirt spurts like fountains in the streets. In the time you fill a cup, they die of thirst. In the time it takes to turn off the radio. Not past, not future. The huts are blazing now. South of Market, a woman ODs with an elegant sigh. No more, no less than is needed. Halfway around the world, the bombs are dropping. Thank you. You're listening to Diane DePrima, and she's reading her own poems from Revolutionary Letters. This was put out by Last Gas Press. Could you tell us a little about that? Yes, Last Gas Press is at San Francisco Press. They've been here since the late 60s, at least. I've known Ron Turner, the man who owns the press, at least that long. They primarily were doing underground comics in the early years. They were one of two or three presses that were in on that in the 60s and early 70s. And um, they, um, Ron's been my friend all these years. He's an old hippie. Um, but... Um, They've published several of my books that were out of print for a long time. They they picked them up and republished them, and and probably will be doing some more. Well, that's possibly, a wonderful thing. Possibly some books of poems from the fifties and sixties. I only really put out a little bit of a lot of that material. Nina, I have fourteen completed manuscripts that aren't published. Oh, it's not because people haven't asked me for manuscripts between illness and time. I haven't gotten things to people, but I have fourteen other books ready to go. Well, may they see the light of day and may you read them on these airwaves. Thank Can you. Can you uh, read us uh, page 132 that brings us all the way up to 9-11? Yeah, that does. Um, in, I, I wrote this poem in November, two months after 9-11. Actually, I gave my whole class the assignment to write a political poem, which made them all groan because it's not in these days to write about stuff. But I wrote this during that time, which was about 30, 20 to 30 minutes, so it must have been on my mind. It's in 14 short parts. I'll just pause between them. I'm not going to read numbers. Notes toward a poem of revolution. Starts with an epigram from Gertrude Stein. It is better to lose and win than win and be defeated. Let, say that again. It is better to lose and win than win and be defeated. It's one of her World War II books. I don't remember which one. What did we, in all honesty, expect? That fascist architecture flaunting at the sky, converted now to fluid, toxic smoke, ash. The long finger of impermanence touches us all. And nobody can hog the marbles and expect the others to play. While we mourn and rant for years over our 3,000, how many starve thanks to our greed, our unappeasable hunger? Water is rising, wind is blowing, gonna strip the last of our cheap and awkward cities. Only the music, some of the music remains. Voice of my daughter quivering on the phone as she watches the towers burn from her new apartment, the one with a view. 
Gulf War 91. My son at the demonstration stops by to eat. Well, we took out a recruiting station, he tells me. While the cops followed the crowd downtown, a group of us split off. I nod and bite my tongue. Why talk about what happened the year he was born? Wanted a Northwest Passage, and you've got it, Magellan, Henry Hudson, Amerigo, da Gama. Are you proud, all of you? It took us only 500 years to melt that polar ice. And is it suicide when penguins give up, lie down? Children sold in Africa, in India, child labor laws held barely 80 years. Now, eight-year-olds in brothels, dead eyes. Who invented this hell? Black holes in our hearts, ground zero our minds, hands that won't open, let go. Tell me again how many janitors died in the towers, how many sandwich makers, toilet cleaners, families will get that two million per victim in aid. Lost Montsegur, we did. Lost Prague, the German peasant uprisings. Lost Andalusia twice, the Paris Commune. Lost at Haymarket, lost Paul Robeson, Spain. Even lost Dashiell Hammett. Lost San Francisco fairly recently. Chuck in his shorts, watering his garden gunned down in the Mill Valley Dawn. We hole up enclaves who speak again in whispers as they did when I first came to these cities. Don't mourn. Don't organize. Strike and move on. That's a tremendous poem. It kind of surprised me coming out of me in 20 minutes. Yeah. Wow. So what, you did that in one fell stroke, almost no editing? One fell stroke, yeah. Wow, amazing. Um, This brings me to tell people about the May 2nd event that's coming Uh, up at Glide and the... um, Maybe you want to tell about the Neighborhood Arts Program. I know you're one of the advisory board members. Yeah, well... You can tell about it too, Nina. Lots, lots, and lots. That was a wonderful time, and um, in the beginning years, I think it was a great inspiration. It's that still lives on. Neighborhood arts started 40 years ago, and the celebration's been going on for days now. It's a 10-day a celebration. And on May 2nd, there's going to be a poetry reading at Glide Memorial uh, commemorating this time when San Francisco shifted its economy from not just sponsoring the symphony, the ballet, and the opera, but uh, 
acknowledging that art is a right of the people and giving it to the neighborhood arts. Yes, and there are still five or six uh, cultural centers in the various neighborhoods, Western Edition, the Mission, South of Market. Um, the Chinese Cultural uh, Center. Uh, yeah. So to lighten the mood a little, <laughs> uh, can you read us some from your New Mexico poem uh, on pa page 118? And I just want to tell listeners if they hear phone rings, if they hear uh, traffic going by, it's because we're actually in Diane de Prima's San Francisco studio. And it's very exciting. Thank you. Thank you for coming here. Our um, pleasure. Yeah. I want to also take the moment to thank Camila Landau, who came lugging all this equipment so that you listeners could get to hear this. Yes, thank you. I would have come to the studio, but I'm not really feeling that well these days, having some work done on my spine. So I may or may not be able to come to the May 2nd. But we know your spirit. But I'll be there. there in my heart, in any case. So the New Mexico poem is goes back a ways, and it's in five parts. I'm going to just read a couple of parts to honor the beauty of that time and place. Although the first part, um, I, was, I had just arrived, and I was being a city girl still. So, part one. Even the sunsets here haven't won me over, haven't convinced me. Simply, this isn't to me familiar land. Pink ears of jackrabbits high among the sagebrush, don't tell me any different. I suppose we all learn there is in Herodotus the tale of Greek soldiers settling near Thebes, each given a woman and land, one woman so like another, one field. But they at least moved from glitter into gold. As we step backwards, even the clay becomes coarser. My thoughts echo big against the high, flat valley. They roll back bigger than life, to devour my dreams. Part two, corn dance, Taos Pueblo. Red people in blankets wait for returning woodchucks. I know it, though they don't say it, and beavers, and chipmunks, and possums, and otters, gophers, white people poisoning the prairie dogs. If a dog finds a dead one and eat it, eats it, he dies. What kind of game is this? Red people in blankets stand on their high, flat roofs, outlined against the sky. They chant, they sing and pray, and it could be Morocco, except the houses aren't white. The women sell jewelry, giggling. The little boys catch fish with their bare hands in the sacred river. And could you read us the other poem uh, that's also mentioning rituals on page 150? I know yeah, ritual I would, I would, has a deep theme in your life. Well, yeah. Um, I had 10 years. I was one of four that did a school called San Francisco Institute of Magical and Healing Arts. Um, and this, I was at Naropa, and I gave the people assignments that had to do with making poem, poetry more real because they were writing more intellectually. One day I had them go out and post a, rev a political poem everywhere and everybody had to put one up on a wall or write it in a bathroom or hand it out on a street corner. And one day I had them write rituals. And this was a ritual I wrote that day. We had driven out in an old car, as you will see from the poem. It's called On the Way Home, A Prayer for the Road. On the way home, all the restaurants will serve miso soup. 
On the way home, exotic notebook stores will blossom in small towns in Nevada. On the way home, Utah will be festooned with mirth. Mormons will be dancing in the streets in gauzy tchotchkes. On the way home, everyone will leave the casinos and the slot machines and go outside to stare at the beauty of the mountains, of the sky, of each other. On the way home, all the boys and girls in the secret desert bordellos will have set up temples of free love, festooned with mimosa. They will teach karma mudra to joyful redneck ranchers who will have set all their cows free and now drink only Amrita. On the way home, every cafe in Wyoming will be holding a potlatch. Poverty will thus be abolished. On the way home, everyone we meet will try to read us a poem, invite us in for a story, there being no news, but what travelers bring, all the TVs having died. On the way home, it will be easy to find pure water, organic tomatoes, friendly conversation. We'll give and receive delightful music and blessings at every gas station, and all the gas will be free. On the way home, all the truck drivers will drive politely. The traveling summer tourists will beam at their kids. Our old Toyota will love going up mountain passes. Open-hearted and unsuspicious people and lizards, prairie dogs, wolves and magpies will sing together and picnic at sunset beside the road. Everyone will get where they're going. Everyone will be peaceful. Everyone will like it when they get there. All obstacles smoothed, auspiciousness and pleasure will sit like a raven dakini on every roof. I really enjoyed this, but the terrible news is that we have one more minute. Well, let's end with what we just did. All obstacles smoothed for everyone. Auspiciousness and pleasure will sit on everyone's roof like a raven dakini. A marvelous way <laughs> to end. Thank you, Nina. Thank you so much, Diane, and thanks again to Camilo Landau. It's been a pleasure. This is Nina Serrano for Open Book. And And I want to remind people that they've just been listening to Revolutionary Letters by Diane DePrima, which has been put out by Last Gasp of San Francisco Press, uh, 2007. And I think you can find it at your bookstores, www.lastgasp.com. That's www.lastgasp.com. Revolutionary Letters by Diane DePrima. Thanks so much, Nina. You're most welcome.
Festival presents China on Stage, two weeks of performances showcasing the Chinese performing arts, featuring world-renowned artists like rock star Xiu Jian, Jinxing Dance Theatre, Erhu Master Wang Guotong, Xianhua Buddhist Sacred Music, and Stanford musicians. This benefit event takes place April 20th through May 4th at Stanford University. For details and tickets, please go to http colon panasianmusicfestival.stanford.edu or call 650-725-2787.